and welcome to the Have A Crack podcast, the show that allows at least one person to rant and rave about everything going on in the beautiful game that is football. Uh, I'm your host Luke Peach and today we'll be summarising the latest international break for England. Uh, We'll be looking at everything that's gone on over the last three games against Belgium, Wales and Denmark, um, as well as who played, who screwed up, Harry Maguire, and who stood out, Jack Grealish. Uh, But a quick note about the podcast schedule, guys, um, I will be doing at least one episode per week moving forward. Um, These will usually drop on Tuesday night or Wednesday morning. The reason being is because obviously we have Friday night football, the Premier League on every Saturday and Sunday, and Monday night football. I'd like all of that to happen so that come Tuesday um, or Wednesday morning, um, I have had a chance to digest and review everything that's happened. When it comes to international breaks, I will wait for the international break to be finished to do a review of all of England's games. Now, I am British, I do live in England, um, uh, and international football, as we will find out in this podcast, doesn't really do it for me anyway. So, it will just be England, and it will just be a review of everything that's happened. Uh, I watch international football so you don't have to. How about that? Um, And uh, when it comes to things like Champions League, FA or League Cup, we will review those as and when they happen. Um, But primarily we'll be a Premier League um, reviewing podcast. Uh, Not to say those are the only types of podcasts we will do. I will continue to interview fans from all different kinds of football clubs. We will have ones um, from the likes of a Leeds United fan and a Watford FC fan in the coming weeks as well. Um, Not to mention news, interviews, anything else I can really get lined up. There may even be a few podcasts that we just do for fun anyway um, in the works. I have one reviewing the latest FIFA game um, and of course we'll do something quite none. Uh, nice and festive over the Christmas period. Um, But guys, set it in your diaries at least once a week on Tuesday night slash Wednesday morning. There will be a lovely new Have A Crack podcast just for you. Right, um, look guys, as I mentioned uh, earlier, if I'm completely honest with you and myself, international football, for me, doesn't give me the same high as Premier League football, Champions League football, even lower league football if I'm completely honest Um, doesn't do the same for me doesn't rock my boat in the same way Um, I don't find them as exciting Um, I get more annoyed uh, than I do um, overjoyed in fact um, I think that is a testament to the good job that Gareth Southgate did uh, during the World Cup because he made us as a nation care about the England football team and that's something that a lot of England managers have very very failed uh, to do in the past and you know I was one of them I was one of those fans that jumped on the England bandwagon uh, I was down the pub with my friends watching um, the World Cup knockout stages I distinctly remember the pub going absolutely wild when Eric Dyer scored his penalty against Colombia which sent us through um, to be knocked out by Croatia in the semis Um, and my friend broke um, the chandelier uh, that was in the uh, pub we were at uh, which will stay with me forever really as a a glorious England football watching moment. 
Um, but I have to be honest, um, since then, Southgate really hasn't done much um, for anybody um, to stay on the England bandwagon. He's made interesting tactical decisions and called up interesting people. Um, and the games themselves just don't have the same high intensity as, as everyone's used to. And me, like a lot of you, um, ha I have fallen into the it's only England mindset now. I think I have a better mindset than some fans because I actually know when England play and I do make an attempt to watch it. But I do know some some football fans who didn't even know it was the international break, um, didn't even know who England were playing, when they were playing, or who actually plays for England nowadays. So, um, as I said before in the intro, maybe I'm doing this podcast for all of those people. Um, I watch England, so you don't have to. But, guys, despite all of this, football is football at the end of the day, I suppose. And, believe it or not, there has actually been some good results for England in this international break. Um, and we've had some interesting developments with some new players being able to pull on the, the Three Lions shirt um, and stake a claim to their international place. Uh, especially at the next major tournament, which I'm sure will give uh, Gareth Southgate a very happy headache indeed. Um, on the flip side to that, there may be some players that have completely ballsed up their chance, which we'll come to a bit later on. Now, overall, um, England have had a pretty good showing. Um, we beat Wales, we beat Belgium, um, and unfortunately we lost to Denmark by way of a controversial penalty decision last night, um, which we'll get into a bit later. Uh, but first, beating Wales. Beating Wales is always something that I think die-hard England fans will always want to do. Um, and to be honest, I don't think it really matters what sport it is. Um, it could be rugby, it could be football, I believe even darts. I think there's some sort of um, <laughs> um, rivalry going on there. Um, and of course, beating Belgium is always a good thing because, well, they're ranked the number one team at the moment, probably rightfully so when you look through the uh, the depth of that squad and, and where they are across Europe individually. Um, so great scalp for England beating them. Um, and it really does kind of stop Belgium from running away with the Nations League uh, group stage. But if we go back to the first game against Wales, it saw Gareth Southgate give a run out to a number of players rarely, if ever, seen in an England shirt before. Um, and in the opposite dugout, Ryan Giggs sent out a side missing the likes of Gareth Bale through injury and Aaron Ramsey and some of the other Welsh names that you have all come to know and love. But despite that, the team was still capable of causing problems to England. Um, and England themselves, they lined up um, as follows. In goal, we had Burnley's Nick Pope, who at one point took a really, really painful looking knee to the face, which must have hurt. Um, but he took it like a champ and dispersed the ball um, and got us on the attack straight away. So fair play to you, Nick Pope, if by some miracle you are listening to this. Um, in front of Nick Pope, there was a back line of Liverpool's Joe Gomez, Everton's Michael Keenan, Wolves' captain Connor Cody, um, and Gareth Southgate decided to go with two win-backs, testing out the young um, Saka from Arsenal um, at left wing-back, and Atletico Madrid's Kieran Trippier at right wing-back. In the middle of the park, we saw Leeds link up with Tottenham uh, through Harry Winks and Calvin Phillips. Um, and it was a front three of Aston Villa's Jack Grealish, who thoroughly deserves his spot in the England team, I might add, in my opinion. Um, and uh, the very fact that he's missed out of the next two games um, as well uh, will 
just stay a continuous um, moment of shock in my brain for the foreseeable future. Um, Southampton's Danny Ings and inform Evertonian Dominic Calvert Lewin made up um, the rest of our attacking lineup. Um, the substitutes that Southgate used saw Reese James of Chelsea come on, Tyrone Mings of Aston Villa, James Ward Prowse of Southampton, Harvey Barnes of Leicester, Maitland Niles of Arsenal, and Mason Mount of Chelsea. All come on. Uh, the final scoreline in the end was 3-0 to England. Uh, Calvert-Lewin scoring a header, Danny Ings scoring a Danny Ings typical goal, uh, goal and Code, uh, Connor Cody uh, managed to get on the score sheet as well. Um, I think I saw a stat something like Connor Cody has only scored twice in something like 238 games and he scored um, one in two games for England. So fair play to Connor Cody if that stat is true. Hopefully I didn't just make it up. Um, in terms of statistics, both sides roughly had the same amount of attempts on goal. Uh, the key difference was um, getting them on target because England uh, had six shots on target and Wales only had two. But both sides had the same amount of, of shots on target, in, uh, shots at goal in total, if that makes sense. Uh, overall, it was good to see, for me, the likes of Grealish and Cody getting to pull on the England shirt. I know in particular for Grealish it's something he's wanted for a little while. And Cody, I think it's uh, been long overdue for him. Um, I think we none of us wanted another Mark Noble situation with someone like Grealish um, not being able to pull on the England shirt for the senior team. Uh, I must say kudos, kudos to Southgate. Uh, for finally being an England manager that does give people chances based on form instead of the old trap of getting in the big names right away and for every game possible. Um, of course, this was helped out by the fact that the likes of Ben Chilwell, Tammy Abraham, Jaden Sancho, Phil Foden and Mason Greenwood all found themselves not playing because of various breaches to the lockdown rules um, in force in England at the moment. Um, but, you know, all those names I just read out there, they're all young, they all will make mistakes and they will learn from this, I am sure. Gareth Southgate um, basically giving them a, a slap on the wrist. Daddy's having a go at them, basically. But it doesn't mean he doesn't love them still. Uh, do I think any of these players will play at the next major tournament? That was a question that was going through my mind as I was watching this game. Um, and I found my saying, myself saying to myself, yes, Dominic Calvert-Lewin, if he continues the reign of form he's in at Everton, him and Harry Kane will be two really, really deadly striking options for us. Uh, Grealish, uh, I've already mentioned without a doubt he should be playing um, for us on, on, on a regular basis. And um, I'm sure his newest deal at Aston Villa and, and the role he's going to play at Aston Villa with Ross Barkley there as well. Maybe he'll bring him up with him um, to England. Thanks to their combination this season, you know we'll see we'll see what they can do. Uh, Harry Winks, you know he's been he's probably despite him being still quite young and, um, and and everything, he's probably the one of the longest serving English players <laughs> in that squad at the moment. Uh, Pope obviously will, in my opinion, will go um, to the next major tournament as either a second or third choice goalkeeper. I don't think he's going to challenge the like of um, uh, of Pickford. He might challenge Henderson. Um, but, you know, this season, um, we'll see how things go with them at club level. If Henderson doesn't get any game time at Man United, then, um, of course, Pope will be ahead of him. 
Uh, and of course, um, Keane of, of Everton, I think he will be um, our first choice centre-back, especially if Maguire keeps doing all the horrible things that he's doing. Uh, the rest of them, in my opinion, will need to fight to keep their places in the squad, uh, especially the likes of young Saka, uh, who to me needs a little more experience. Um, and to be honest, I think Gareth Southgate has a bit of a problem at left-back for us at the moment. He, if you think back, we used to have the likes of Danny Rose, um, Luke Shaw, um, and I'm sure there was one other person whose name escapes me. Um, but obviously at the moment, his only real choice is, is Ben Chilwell. And if something happens to, to Ben like it has done this time around, then, then we find ourselves playing right-backs in left-backs positions or, or giving a, a, a chance to a kid who's, who's not had much experience at club level anyway. Um, so that's my, my opinion on that. Um, I think there will be, as I mentioned before, one centre-back position up for grab um, in any starting eleven, um, because Maguire in his current form, as we'll get to in a minute, um, has just made that position up for grabs. That was a terrible summary, I apologise. Uh, but overall, a great win for England, um, and good to see some players being tried out by Gary Southgate, as Mourinho would call him. Now our next match saw us come up against Belgium in the Nations League. Now Southgate made nine changes from the side that beat Wales for this one. Obviously this was a competitive game, not a friendly. Uh, and the full starting uh, 11 was Everton's Jordan Pickford in goal. Um, a back three of Man City's Kyle Walker, Eric Dyer, and Harry Maguire. Um, and then we had our wing-backs in Trent Alexander-Arnold and Kieran Trippier, um, who kept his place from the previous game. In midfield, um, it was marshalled by Captain Jordan Henderson um, and West Ham talisman Declan Rice. Uh, then we had Chelsea's Mason Mount, Man United's Marcus Rashford, supporting the other man that keeps his place, um, Everton man Dominic Calvert-Lewin. Um, in terms of the substitutes that Southgate decided to use in this one, Rhys James, Calvin Phillips, Jaden Sancho and Harry Kane all made appearances. The final score was 2-1 to England, with very even stats across the board, Belgium edging England in almost all of them by only just a few percent um, or totals here and there. It must be said, Belgium played a really strong side with the likes of Lukaku, De Bruyne and Alderweireld making the starting eleven. Mignolet was in goal, Liverpool fans will remember him, uh, and Carrasco, um, who's been going all around Europe as well, causing a bit of havoc. Um, speaking of uh, Carrasco, he scored uh, within 10 minutes. Uh, well, to correct that, he thought he scored, um, but um, his goal was ruled out for offside. It was a very, very late offside flag from the linesman as well. Celebrations had already happened, and, and the move really did go on for quite a couple of minutes before uh, after it. Um, but overall, ruled out. 16 minutes in, though, Eric Dyer gave away a penalty on Lukaku. I'm not going to say too much about it, because it was a penalty. Eric, you screwed up. Dust yourself off, pick yourself up. Um, move on to the next one, but Lukaku got up and he himself uh, dispatched it past Pickford, his former Everton uh, teammate, of course, uh, to get things up and running. Uh, 23 minutes later, and it was actually England's turn to get a penalty. Mounier um, fouling Henderson in the box at a corner, and Rashford cancelling out his former Man United teammate's spot kick. Um, on 64 minutes, Mason Mount scored a hell of a deflected goal. 
uh, bringing the score to 2-1. What he did is uh, he got inside the box, uh, kicked it, it ricocheted off of Alderweireld's um, heel, taking it up and over Mignolet. Um, you know, if Alderweireld wasn't there, it would have been a beautiful chip goal. Uh, but ultimately, it still counted, and 2-1 was the score from then. Uh, there were a load of chances um, at both ends for Rashford and De Bruyne, most notably, um, but unfortunately they both missed. Um, and at the final whistle, England came away with two wins out of two for this international break. Uh, and as I mentioned at the start, with Belgium being ranked the number one team, um, it's always good to beat to beat them, really. Um, do I still think they should be the world's number one team? Well, I think France um, might be... Um, close to taking that from them, obviously winning the World Cup um, and some of their performances that I have seen um, really, really does merit that kind of title, in my opinion. Uh, and then we come to last night's game, which was the last of all three of the internationals um, for England this time around. Um, Southgate's team to face Denmark, um, who had the likes of Eriksson, Hoiberg and Schmeichel in their ranks. Uh, again, was Jordan Pickford in goal, keeping his place. Kyle Walker and Harry Maguire keeping theirs. But Eric Dyer missing out um, to Connor Cody. And Chelsea's Reese James um, making up the back line. Uh, Connor Cody, I believe, didn't replace Eric Dyer due to a tactical decision. I think there was either an injury or a suspension at play there. Um, so maybe Eric Dyer would have got the nod in normal circumstances. But take nothing away from, from Cody. This was another chance for him to get uh, a cap. Um, a midfield of West Ham's Declan Rice. Uh, Calvin Phillips clearly impressing Southgate during these trainings. He's, he's featured in all three in some form or another. Arsenal's Maitland-Niles came on. And uh, Chelsea's Mason Mount um, behind Marcus Rashford and Tottenham's Harry Kane. Um, later on, the likes of Tyrone Mings, Jaden Sancho, Jordan Henderson and Dominic Calvert-Lewin uh, Lewin, all made substitute appearances as well. The big talking point of the match, Harry Maguire. Horrible start to the season um, with Man United and obviously all that controversy with him and the authorities in Greece. Um, but it's not getting any better for him. He got two yellow cards within 30 minutes of each other during this game. The first challenge Gary Neville even described on commentary as one that could break a leg. And the second one coming after he lost the ball and tried too hard to get it back. You could see the frustration in his face that he'd lost it. Um, and obviously his boots were in high and he caught the, um, the Denmark player instead of the ball. It was reckless um, and the showing of a footballer out of form, in my opinion. Now, look, if you check out the Have a Crack podcast website, you will see my profile says Harry Maguire is my most hated player. Uh, not because I don't like the man. I'm sure he's a lovely guy. Um, but I just I don't think I can get over the fact that he was worth £17 million to Leicester and then he was worth something like £80 million to Manchester United. I just don't rate him that highly and um, at the moment people who think the same as me um, are having more and more weight to their argument by looking at performances like this. Don't get me wrong, I think after the match Declan Rice uh, came out and spoke to the media and said, you know, we all get red cards and um, he's, he's great in training, he's a great lad and uh, we'll all help to band together and pick him up and all that kind of stuff. Fair play to you. Um, but from the outside looking in as a fan, my opinion is I don't think Harry Maguire is 
is good enough to be an England centre-back. I don't think he's good enough to be a Man United centre-back. And I certainly don't think he's worth the money that clubs have paid for him. But, again, just my opinion, you might be a Harry Maguire uh, fan out there. And if you are, I apologise. Um... Not too long after the red card, though, Kyle Walker and Jordan Pickford seemed to give the Denmark striker well a bit of a a bit of a, a hug, really, in the penalty box. Um, and I can only assume that the ref was really against men hugging men uh, because he gave them a penalty. The replays showed, I guess, he could be forgiven, thinking the attacker had been fouled ever so slightly. Um, but this is one that I think VAR would not have given had the system been in use. Um, former Tottenham man and current Inter Milan outcast Christian Eriksen got the spot kick and smashed it past Pickford to make it 1-0. And don't forget, Christian Eriksen is very used to playing at Wembley with Tottenham, scoring Wembley's quickest goal against Manchester United. So he knows the feeling um, of scoring goals um, at Wembley. For the rest of the game, England had some golden chances to bring it back level, despite being back down to 10 men. Um, but Kasper Schmeichel um, in the Denmark goal did an absolutely fantastic job uh, keeping out some of the attempts that we made. Um, believe it or not, uh, there was still time for a bit of drama at the end. Uh, the final whistle went and it was around 94 minutes. Um, Rhys James was actually shown a red card after his emotions got the better of him um, and he had a massive go at the ref. You could see Jordan Henderson did try to contain him, um, but the young right-back from Chelsea received a straight red on his first full start for his country, because obviously his, his uh, appearances before that were all substitute ones. It's probably not how he wanted his international career to, to, to start, but I suppose from a fan's point of view, it is good to see passion um, in the national team. And I have no doubt the more games he gets under Lampard at Chelsea, um, you know, he'll he'll start to gain his, his cool head and, and that can only benefit Chelsea and, of course, England as well. Um, I will say this, though, uh, quite the opposite to the left-back situation uh, for England. We have so many good right-backs. Kieran Trippier, Kyle Walker, um, Trent Alexander-Arnold and Rhys James. We've got four right-backs there. That's without considering the likes of Wan-Bissaka, um, who, who's an English uh, right-back, I believe. Um, yeah, of course he is. Um, and, um, well, you just got to think uh, of all the other teams out there with, with decent English right-backs. It's just the left-back area we seem to be struggling. Uh, and that was it. Uh, guys, uh, that was uh, your international... Uh, break round up for England um, those results do mean that in the Nations League that England are joint second um, with Denmark on points but we do fall below them um, on goal difference our next international uh, match will be against Belgium away in the Nations League I think we might have a friendly before that so maybe don't quote me on that but the next con competitive match will be against Belgium in the Nations League away um, so we are going to want to win that um, if we're going to progress in the Nations League. Uh, it'll be a crucial game for the three Lions there. <clears throat> uh, and that was it. Um, as I said, that was your England International uh, Roundup. Uh, now that that's over with, 
The Premier League is back this weekend and we have the likes of the Merseyside derby between Liverpool and Everton. We have Manchester City versus Arsenal, West Ham versus Spurs, Gareth Bale's potential second debut. Um, and on Monday, it's last year's league's entertainers Wolves versus this year's entertainers Leeds. All those and all the other games will of course be discussed next week, Tuesday night or Wednesday morning, remember, right here on the Have A Crack podcast but for now my thanks to you for listening to me ramble on you can follow me on twitter at ljpeachy that's l-j-p-e-a-c-h-y or you can just follow the podcast itself at have a crack pod but for now guys enjoy the football this weekend <laughs> <laughs>